Buongiorno y'all, and welcome to the Who Else Podcast with Nick and Chase, where we guide y'all through the wild and sometimes wacky world of psychology and psychotherapy and things about your brain and the world and people, but mostly things about your brain and how it's broken or not broken. I don't know. You decide. <laughs> uh, Nick, what's our topic today? Today's topic is the problem with inclusion. Dun, dun, dun. Oh man, I, I feel it's getting. <laughs> <laughs> what's wrong with inclusion? What what's do you have? What, what's wrong about? with inclusion? I don't have a problem with inclusion. the The problem with inclusion, like as we've kind of been talking about recently, is uh, mm-hmm. it doesn't do what it's supposed to do. It yes. creates another like realm of division within that group that's already marginalized right so uh, so yeah so this conversation we had last week i think was a great conversation exploring how there are offshoots of things so especially with this gender equality racial equality all of that it promotes this belief or the belief of we want everyone to feel represented right and But within that, those groups, people, people have their own beliefs and thoughts. And so I think that if I'm not feeling represented by this group, then I need to have my own group and we're going to include everybody. We're going to include everybody into our group, but as long as you fit our group's identity, right? The need for these diversity groups, which I think is very important, extremely important. Well, I get there's there's some few things here. A, these two words get lumped together, diversity and inclusion. Right. How they, like, they're both very important. It's how humans operate. Humans are diverse. Humans have always been diverse. Even humans that are very similar, whether they be of similar races or similar genders or similar sexual orientations, or similar music preferences. Yesterday I went to go see a movie that was very good. There were quite a number of people in that movie theater who also enjoyed it. None of those people looked anything like me. <laughs> like I was stand standalone. But we were all there having a good time, liking the same thing. So there was diversity. Mm-hmm. There were young people, there were old people, there were men, there were ladies. I didn't talk to everyone, so I don't know what their other things are, but everyone seemed from a diverse crowd. Uh, and we were all included, right? No one felt uncomfortable being there. Everyone felt comfortable with their popcorn and, and such. So I, I think part of it is, like, I've struggled in my life with feeling mm-hmm. included. So we have to break this topic down because this topic is so huge. And, like, with inclusion, <clears throat> there are two separate sides. One is are you included Mm -hmm. the other is do you feel absolutely included and the second part is i feel where most of the problems are a lot of people are included but they do not feel included and that can be because there is some like unspoken discrimination happening maybe like that other people don't even realize <clears throat> they're discriminating or they're saying certain things that could be offensive or hurtful or something and they don't realize it. And the other thing is psychological 
<clears throat> and on this podcast, we like to focus not on what society needs to do to help you, but what you can do to help yes. yourself. So in that, it's like, why, why don't people feel included? What are times you don't feel included? So I can give a lot of examples. There's the idea of actually having evidence that you are not included, right? So the feelings that come from that, and also the implications of feeling like you're not being included, right? So I think our focus here was to look at a specific group of people. And that I think contradicts what we were saying earlier, how we want everyone to feel included, but within this group of inclusion are these different factions of who fits where, right? So <clears throat> looking at specifically in my community, the gay community, uh, I there are times when I don't feel like I can completely relate within my community's activities and places where we all go and gather. So like, for instance, at a gay bar, um, I'll kind of give mm -hmm. a little background. So where I grew up throughout, I guess my whole life, um, there wasn't really a huge like presence of a gay community. I mean, it was talked about, we knew about it, but you weren't exposed mm -hmm. to like, if you grew up in LA or if you grew up anything, and it's more pre prevalent everywhere now, but larger, metropolis areas where there are a larger congregation of those people. And so you grow up thinking, cool, like this is just how it's supposed to be. So there is no emphasis on being part of a group. I mean, I think that the only thing that I, I was aware of was just like the different groups of, of races. So where I grew up was primarily Hispanic and then there's, there's Caucasians. And so that's kind of the, the divide. And so you don't really focus on, I'm gay, I'm, I'm not gay. It's just, you are who you are. You're either white or you're Hispanic. And so you grow up, you grow up, you grow up, and then you start to develop more of a sense of who you are. And, and when I got to college, there was a very clear indication that I was gay, but I didn't know how to come out. There was like this like fear around it. What are people going to say? I didn't know. The fear I think came from, if I come out, I no longer part of something. So I have to be part of another thing, which I have no experience mm -hmm. with. So I'm going to stay right. in this group because I know it, even though mm -hmm. I don't feel I can relate 100% yeah. to that group. And so right. I think that's not just within, like when you look at just sexual orientation, I think it can also relate to um, biracial identity, can relate to anything where someone is part of a majority, but they are also part of another group of something, right? Mm -hmm. So I think that's yeah. an example for me of from, I mean, I think, I think people can agree for the most part that I come across very cis uh, white male, right? And so what the, to me, what that means is I can be described as masculine white male, even though I am gay. Um, and so I can fit into this group of people because I can pass as straight in a sense until people hear me start talking and fear what goes through my mind. Right. But then you look at going into the gay community where there's this like concentration. And now if I live in West Hollywood or live in LA, I don't now identify as straight. So now if I want to go be around similar like-minded people, I have to go to the bar or I have to go to somewhere where there's a congregation of gay people. And uh, since I can't relate 100% because either I don't share the same interests or because I just don't have that instilled in me, what that means to be very like out and about gay, then now I don't feel like I fit in there. So 
I have to kind of assume different aspects of that, that environment, all kind of leaving who I genuinely authentically am, if that makes sense. Yeah. It's a struggle because you have, you have this case where you feel there are different expectations. You have your identity, you have your core identity where it's like with your friends, people who know you well, you are yourself. You don't really think about it. You know, you just talk the way you talk, you say what you think, uh, and you just kind of go about things. But when you're looking at certain parts of your personality or your identity, and you want to be around, as you said, like-minded people, there can be other things on top of the like-mindedness that work against inclusion, Right. right? Because it's like, all right, I want to go hang out with other gay Mm -hmm. people. Well, it's not just like we're going to hang out and we are all gay. There can be this expectation that not only do you have to be gay, but you also have to have all of these other characteristics uh, and you have to kind of fall in line with all of these other things that we've attached to the culture. And it's like, like I'm with you guys on this, but it's like, I don't, I don't like, you know, like you had mentioned, it's like, you didn't like Drew, uh, RuPaul's Drag Race. Sure, like, I, I mean, I, I, let's, let's stand correct. I, I don't like, I, I like it. However, because I, mm. I have plenty of friends that are either in the, in that industry or that like it. So I do like it, but I'm not like the first person that's going to be oh my gosh, we have to get together on Thursday and watch RuPaul's premiere tonight. Like if I watch it, I watch it. But I think, yeah, I think yeah. there's this like, there become there comes this like expectation for some people that either I have to go to this thing yeah. or I have to like it. I have to convince myself that I like it, but like, why do I like it? Yeah. I think, you know. Yeah. I mean, it, it's funny the way like, you you felt the need to yeah exactly, exactly. <laughs> it's like oh, whoa, 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 <laughs> yeah. hold on there was yeah. I'm not saying that but it's a thing like just because someone doesn't like that TV show does not mean that person has a problem with drag right, absolutely I like cars I think cars are cool I do not watch any TV shows about cars. I don't watch YouTube videos about cars. I don't follow any Instagram accounts that are about cars. Just because I don't watch Top Gear doesn't mean I don't like cars. You know, I just, I just don't, I don't need to, (laughs) I don't need to stare at them all the time. It's fine. It's not bad. I enjoy them. It's not a, it's not a big thing. Um, But for that TV show, it gained a lot of popularity, not because a lot of people like drag. And if people are going to be completely honest with themselves they know this to be true there are a lot of people who fake liked that tv show because they were trying to win brownie points yes absolutely absolutely they were like oh my god i love this yeah i watch all the time oh all this stuff it's like okay fine you watch this tv show i would like you to tell me all of the other things not related to that tv show that you like about yes. drag. Yeah. They're not going to be able to do Absolutely. it. Absolutely. 
but just because that's so it's creating this like weird dividing line uh it's adding this additional membership requirements in order to feel included it's like why do we even have to why can't you talk about this thing right you talk about your love for this tv show like i'm gonna go and i'm gonna hang out with like-minded people you tell me about your love for this tv show i'll tell you about my love for monster trucks or whatever it is and then this person will tell us their love for golf or something and then we don't all have to be the same in order to feel great and and looking at that i think the part of our conversation last week was where people can come together not based on a common thing so like if you like cars i like superman so-and-so likes drag race well, if you look at those people and you lay them on paper and you said, these people yesterday had a really great conversation at X spot where they all came together. They have completely different backgrounds, but they all came together and had a really great conversation and are now really great friends in their minds or think they could be great friends based on this connection they had. And what it was, was we're going to look at that and interview them. You, they went because they were told you are going to meet people where you are going to form a connection, right? Oh, great. But be open to like having a conversation, be open to alternating alternate points of view. And so you go and these people didn't connect on the fact that you like Superman, you like drag race, you like cars. They connected on the fact that they were all three people craving connection and they wanted to learn about the other person. Yeah. Yeah. I think looking at like going back to your point, there is such this divide, this entry requirement, this like, you have to meet all these check boxes in order to fit into our group. And if you don't fit into our group, whether we're going to be explicit or not, you're going to feel excluded. And we're not going to figure out why. We're not going yeah. to take the time to figure out why you are not feeling included because either we don't want to know or because you don't feel comfortable telling us that you feel excluded. I see a lot of this as kind of as being fueled a bit by two common psychological traps. Sure. One is, I don't, I'm sure there is a professional term and you can tell me what it is, but it's a fear of not being like shame. 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 So Brene Brown talks about shame. Her definition of shame is the fear of disconnection, the fear of rejection, the fear of not being part of something. So you take shame shame is more widespread there are a lot of there are more i feel there are more and more people who feel yes, shame. absolutely at the same time this increasing shame throughout the wider society is being met with a dramatic increase in self-centeredness mm-hmm. getting very close to narcissism so i just got uh, a new book that i have not started reading yet but it's called the narcissist generation. Mm, I saw that yesterday. And I think it's mostly about like Gen Z, but I think our generation really <laughs> started kicking this oh, off. Sure. So you have people who are, can only think about themselves. They're just, their whole viewpoint about the world is related to them. Mm. But that person, isn't confident so they're obsessed with themselves but they feel a high degree of shame Mm. so 
they so you get these two things diversity and inclusion that it's like well we need to champion diversity because everyone is different and we need to just accept people as they are this is a remedy for shame if everyone loves me and they're and that and that is just the way it is then i could relieve myself of this shame right if we get everyone to champion diversity then I can cure, then my psychology will be cured by the behavior of other people. And then on the narcissism front, I think that's where like inclusion comes in. So you asked if there was this term for uh, this fear of not being accepted, basically, right? So yeah, so that, that can be described as shame. And so shame is, as Brene Brown, and you'll through this podcast, I'll mention Brene Brown a lot because I think that she's very uh, anecdotal and anecdotal is what I think people need in order to connect to a topic um, and understand it. And so she talks about how shame, which is different from guilt, and we could talk about that at another time, but shame is this fear of if I'm not good enough based on just my qualities, based on my mindset, based on how I whatever, how I feel, how I think, whatever, then I will not be accepted by this person. And I have this ultimate overwhelming fear of ultimately being alone and not being part of something. Right. And so like you had, you had pointed out earlier when I said, when you said drag race, I'm like, just to put it like there, that, like, (laughs) that, like that just is like that, like, Oh my gosh, don't hate me. Everyone don't hate me because like, it's like the same thing. Like everyone where there's yeah. these like uh, dynasty television and shows, right? Like Game of Thrones, you have Handmaid's Tale, you have all of these where everyone gets together and there's this common unity and you're lurking around the corners and you're like, oh my God, I hope they don't find out that I have never seen past episode four of Game of Thrones, which is true. Um, but it's yeah. that like, oh my God, what are, the, there's either a fear of judgment or that fear of, I am going to be put on a spotlight that I don't like this. And now nobody is going to like me. Yeah. It, it's a very odd thing to me because it is the communities uh, that champion diversity that are, that have very strict cultural guidelines (laughs) you know what i mean like it's like all right if you are if you are a champion of diversity then you you need to like yoga and astrology and watch handmaid's tale and rupaul's drag race and you need to read these 10 books and you need to i'm like I thought we were, I thought we were the group where like everyone it can be different and everyone's included, but like, I have a shit ton of like, <laughs> I need to do, and there are things that I need to like, and like, I need to dress a certain way and all of these types of things. It's like, this isn't, this is not inclusion. Like before I was in my twenties, I didn't never had to worry about diversity and inclusion because I grew up in the hood and we're all, and we're all exactly the same. <laughs> so there was no diversity, there was zero diversity. Um, but it, when I went into, when I got to my twenties and I started hanging out in Manhattan with uh, li- lighter skin folk, <laughs> um, 
there was all of this talk about diversity and like, A, I felt I did not feel included because I felt like the token Hispanic. <laughs> it was like, oh my God, look at how cool I am. I am friends with a Spanish person. And they would always like ask me to speak. They're like, speak Spanish. It's like, you, you are so thirsty to have a diverse friend group that this is an inclusion, my friend. Like, <laughs> like you, you want me to be included in order to force diversity in your little group here. Um, but it was the same, right? Like our access to each other's culture was less mm -hmm. so 15 years ago. Um, so all of the TV shows that they talked about and thing and all of these like other things, it's like, I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> and I'm not going to like go to Blockbuster and rent these fucking movies or whatever it is. But now because like everyone's like, everyone has access to social media and YouTube and yeah. Netflix and all these things, we all need to get on the same page. Definitely. We need to read the same websites. We need to do this. And I just want to hang out with all y'all because we're like-minded. We'll do right. Not we'll... same-minded, not identical. But I think maybe you can elaborate on what your idea of like-mindedness is, because I think that's such a, you can get a, a spectrum of responses, right? So what is your, what's your idea of like-mindedness? My feeling of like-mindedness is it's so base level, right? Like if, if I had to describe it, I think there are two separate things, but the one I always go back to is growth minded or uh, fixed mindset. If you are of the viewpoint where like opportunity and progress and change are possible, that trickles down to so many things in your life. Absolutely. Like usually the thought about these things is about like, like material prosperity or something like that. But it's, it's not, it's like, if you're a fixed mindset person that, that affects how you treat your friends, how you relate in a group, like what you end up like watching and listening to and what you gravitate towards, whether or not you like art and what type of art you like. So if I, no, it's like, okay, this person has a growth mindset. I know this person is like-minded in that they are going to be much more likely to be okay with diversity. Right. As opposed to someone who's fixed-minded, they're going to be a bit more like, oh no, everything is mm -hmm. scarce. Everything is horrible. Fixed mindset people are very negative. So they are like-minded. They are able to come together even if they are diverse, like come from diverse backgrounds and like diverse things, they can still relate to each other because they're operating from the same vantage point. Definitely. Definitely. We, uh, we had talked in this conversation we had last week, and I think it was a good conversation about opportunities for understanding and inclusion. However, when those opportunities are missed, whether because they're taken advantage of or they're like steamrolled over, or whatever it is, because they're not going into it with a growth mindset, then that creates this environment where the group that has come in to be part of something or to like go have a good time now encroaches on this group 
And that completely further divides, right? So the, the discussion we had included this idea and in the gay community, it is a very much talked about topic of, and I don't, this isn't to offend anybody, but it's just hopefully to help like promote awareness is basically what this podcast is about, right? Mm -hmm. So you go to a gay bar and if you go around and you pull all the gays, <clears throat> most likely when you ask them, what is the number one thing that you cannot stand in a gay bar? A lot of them will say bachelorette parties. <clears throat> And bachelorette parties, you can go to a gay bar, but we're helping to help understand, get you to understand what you, your going to a gay bar is like for people in the gay community. The gay community has these areas yeah. because they were formed out of not having those areas, formed out of a place to just go and be, right? Without this fear of being rejected, being of violence being enacted upon them. And so... You have this group of gay men or gay women, whoever it is, whoever in that group or allies of the gay community. And in comes this group of very wanting to have a good time group of ladies, right? And so, like, <laughs> and so they like, you're in the gay bar, you come in the gay bar and then you barge your way through to the front of the bar. And we're like, wait a second, like, you no 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 like we're here like you wait in the back of the line how many how long did we used to have to be in the back of the line yeah. we weren't even allowed in the line because mm -hmm. that's just how things mm -hmm. were right and so when you when you see like drag queens and things putting on like a brunch or like a bingo night or whatever and like a, a group of bachelorettes comes in the drag queen may make you think you're having a good time maybe you feel part of the group but really like they're trying to make their money and you're kind of looking like the 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 butt of the joke, right? Like because it's true. Like yeah. don't come in and just steamroll your way through. Like come in and be like, hey guys, yeah. do you mind if we come in here? Because this is your space, and we want to feel like we respect your space. It's it is a it is a frustrating thing. I think <laughs> <laughs> it is something that a lot of gay men acknowledge when they're alone, but they do not want to talk about it uh, in public, which is like this contention between the gay male community and the female community, yep. where they a lot of gay men feel encroached upon. It's like, this is our thing. Like we can, we can have a group mm -hmm. with you over there, like yeah. separately, we can have a group where we all hang out together. But here at the gay bar is not that place. Mm -hmm. This is for us. We did not like when you're thinking like, oh, I want to go hang out with other gay men. You're not like, man, I really want to hang out with other gay men and a bunch of white women. Mm -hmm. This is really what I want. I just can't. I just, this is really what I want for my Friday right. nights. It's right. like, oh, damn, it's like, I'm going to go and they're going to be drunk. And they're going to be like really? preaching their allyship to me. And it's like, look, man, I just want to hang out with my friends. Because, and what that, and what that does also, so say you have at a brunch, a gay brunch, right? You have, because there's restaurants that are not 
gay-centered or gay-oriented that have brunch and everybody's welcome, right? Mm-hmm. But then you go to a gay brunch where we, like this has been put on or organized because we know that you want a place where you can go and feel authentically yourself without this fear of judgment. And so you go and there's like a hundred tickets that are available for the brunch. And three months in advance, three bachelorette parties happen to book all of the seats. So now where do those gay men go or allies of gay men for brunch? Now they have to go to a straight bar and experience that all over again because this group of people decided to go because we're having a good time and we deserve to go to this place because we deserve it because it's your bridal party. Like, no, like in this episode might get a little bit of heat, but I think it's important to have these discussions because not people do not listen in a rational state of mind, right? If you have this conversation at a bar with a bachelorette party and you tell them, hey, this is what we feel, blah, 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 blah. There's a need to get defensive. And there's like this coalition that forms, right? So it's now us against you inside your space, but we're going to, you know, and it's upsetting because ultimately we would like to get to a place where everyone can go anywhere. But until people understand the 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 repercussions of your behavior that you're not even mindful of then it's going to keep the cycle going of being divided and this like rivalry between gay men straight women and another thing is i don't know about other people but i mean i'm fine being like the gay friend because i've been around women my whole life that's just what i'm comfortable with but i don't think anyone Mm -hmm. is going to feel comfortable like a group of white people saying oh here's our black oh Here's our Mexican coming through the door. Ha ha guys, here's our, here's our black Mexican or our Mexican. No, like it's like, but why is it okay for a group of women to say, Oh, here's our gay. Here's our gay. Here's our gay. Yeah. I I got a lot of heat for this in some of my interactions where this happened at a a past job where I was very good friends with a gay male. I should Right. I don't know if I've talked about this before, but I, I am a, a, a bisexual man. I have been in, in relationships with men in my past, uh, in my in my 20s. I haven't had any recently. And I, I formed a very strong relationship with the only other gay man in the office. And there was one uh, lady who kept referring to him as her gay husband Mm -hmm. and he hated it so much and i like he you know put it on because you know he was like well this is what i need to do to be Mm -hmm. included these this group of ladies at in this office they're only going to accept me if i put it on for them so fine i will take this thing that I do not like, that this is how I'm being identified. Um, I just want to be seen as a, another person in the group who happens to be different and and have that attached to them. And I feel like part of it is you have straight clubs, which, is just, which are just clubs because that's the majority. Um, and then you have gay clubs for gay men or gay women, but there haven't really been spaces just for women and i think that's why they kind of attach themselves to the gay male community because there there hasn't really been a space 
for them. Like if you're if you're a straight woman, the straight club is uncomfortable because men are douchebags yep. and are going to harass you all night long. You don't want to go to a lesbian bar because you're not a lesbian and you, and you don't want to get hit on by women. You don't want to get hit on by anyone. Sure. You just want to go out and not get hit on. So you go to a gay male club. It's your only option. Sure. Because here is a club I can go to and I know that no one here is going to bother me. And they know internally that they are different in this space. In this space, they are they are welcome, but that group of people would prefer if they weren't there. <laughs> they know that on the inside. And for that reason, they turn up the volume on preaching how much they love you or who you are, right? And we all do this. We do this in, you know, we do this at work. We're hanging out with people that we don't particularly, like, we know we're kind of different or whatever. And we just kind of like, oh, my God, you're amazing. And all of these things. And we just, like, overdo it because we want to feel included. We want to feel less shame for encroaching on someone else's space and our way to, our incorrect way of trying to be included and trying to decrease the shame is singling that person out for some quality that they have that they may not, even if they are super comfortable with it, if someone overdoses you with, positivity about some quality that you have, you're going to start to feel uncomfortable. So, you know, all that to say, like, it's, it's understandable why straight women have encroached on the gay male community. It's completely understandable, but at the same time, we do need to recognize that it's not okay all the time. Maybe people need to have their own spaces. And that's the thing, like, in high school, you know, there's all these clubs. There's a chess club and the basketball team and all these things. We didn't force all of these teams to practice in the same room. <laughs> we were like, no, there's the basketball court and the math team is over here and the Dungeons and Dragons are playing their game over here. Right. Everyone is included in the high school, but we didn't have to force everyone into the same space. Right. And the, that, I think also that just came, that brought something to mind of, you know, in high school or in college, when you have this organization of clubs, you have a representative come to a weekly or monthly meeting and express what your club is going through, what you're feeling, what, what kind of what barriers you're experiencing. And that those members then go to their groups and say, hey, band club did you know that the cheerleaders really would like us to be more present at games they would feel really more supported oh like uh drama club did you know that the uh kids who love marilyn manson club like they really would like to put on like a show together but they're too afraid to ask because they just don't know how to interact with you guys and so that would be great yeah. if like if if society had those forums where cool like one representative from the gay community one representative from the, the lesbian community one representative from the we are bachelorette party members and we go to bachelorette parties of gay clubs like let's all have those groups and have those meetings mm -hmm. but that's not the case and so going 
to the, when we started talking in this episode about having these these areas, these forums, these environments for a representative to come together to, to explore what it, what do you experience? This is what we experience. I had no idea. Let me be more more vocal and right. spread the word amongst my community. Yeah. It, it's it's interesting because like to a degree that meeting of the minds is kind of like group therapy absolutely i think that that's one thing that is necessary to remedy a lot of the things that are plaguing the diversity and inclusion community yes. right like we're all fighting with each other absolutely <laughs> Right. Like, and it's, it's horrible because we're all trying to fight for equality and, you know, like ending, like, you know, segregation and, and other things like that are, are dividing people that are making people feel uncomfortable, but because we're not being very honest with our own internal struggles we end up just infighting and yelling at each other and creating structures with like weird power structures um, and systemic issues within our own communities. Right. And then you have these other, these people on the outside who are completely anti diversity and inclusion that are looking in and being like, look at these people. They can't even get along with each other. Why should we bother trying to get along with them? And it's it's not good, right. right? But what would solve that? One thing is if people sat down and talked about their, their mental challenges, right? Like we all want to talk about how we're all like, I'm in therapy, I'm in therapy. And we all wear it like it's some uh, crown, <laughs> some some sort of medal that yes. we've achieved, that we've, that we've all gone to see a therapist. But we do not do it in a group setting. We, we're not honest in groups of diverse people about what we are going through. Okay. So we never we never find out if we're like-minded. We never really get to the to the meat and potatoes of if we are actually like-minded people. It may be the case that you are not like-minded. Absolutely. And you've created a, a fake, diverse group of people, and the thing that binds you all together is a TV show that you yes. like. And not even a TV show that everyone likes, a TV show that we are forcing yeah. people to yeah. like so that they can feel included. It's like, this is, this is right. insanity. Using that, that example that you just gave about group therapy and like people having therapists just to say they have a therapist, right? So you say that mm. there's a support group for people that have therapists to come together and be able to explain, share their experiences. Right. And then you get them together and they're like, Oh my gosh, that's so great. Who's your therapist. And then there's this like, immediate like nope you can't have my therapist because he's mine and i don't want to share he's it's like yeah. and i have i have had experience with that where people are like i don't want to share you like you're mine like 
and maybe there's a fear of what it, what is going to come up about that person. But really, it's like, I want this therapist all to myself, and no one else can touch him. Well, what did what is this group then? Is this group just a group of selfish people who want to just say they have a therapist and go, <laughs> what is it? Or is it a group of people who want to share their experience yes. because of therapy, right? You know, one thing I really uh, love about YouTube is... <laughs> All of the Fortnite videos, no, is that people, there are a lot of people on there that talk about their personal struggles. You can see this with books. Like if you read a book uh, about a professional athlete or some other person that's accomplished something, uh, and the whole time they're like, and then I did this, and then I did this, and then I achieved this, and then I won this medal, and then I won this other medal, and then I did all this training, blah, blah, blah. It's like, all right. This book sucks. <laughs> but if you read a book and that person is like, I grew up in this household and I never, I didn't feel like my mom paid enough attention to me. And for that reason, I dove into basketball. But, you know, I really like obsessed about it because of this. And that made me feel really uncomfortable. And then this kid said this one thing that really hurt my feelings. And for that reason, I have low self-esteem when I'm in these situations then you you love this book because you feel connected to this person. You're like, oh, this person has the same mental difficulties that I have. They, they share the same insecurities that I have and they share similar, uh, they, they have shame too, but it's about something right. else. But we never get to that when we're hanging out with each other, like in groups of people, groups of diverse people, we never talk about that. We're just, we're talking about these like super higher level things where it's like, it's meaningless. It's mean, it's meaningless. Like you don't, I, I don't think the best way to get diversity and inclusion, inclusion really, because inclusion is like I said, inclusion is how other people make you feel and how you fit it with other people. And I, I think the only way to get that is for people to be open and honest about problems they have with their psychology. Yes, definitely. Definitely. And I, I, we have mentioned this before, and I think maybe we could end on kind of wrapping this up with just this conversation we're having right now, is when you have to announce that you are so diverse as a group and you are so inclusive as a group, if we are telling people we are so diverse, we are so inclusive, Look at us. Look at our group. We're so diverse and inclusive. That is a aesthetic illusion, right? Because I can guarantee if I was to go to Revolver, if I was to go to a, a gay bar in West Hollywood, and I approached a group of people, I'm like, tell me about your group of friends. Like, you guys look really interesting. And like, interesting being like, you guys look like, but they're like, oh my gosh, we are so inclusive. We are so accepting of everybody. Look at all of us. We are all different in this group. I'm like, cool, 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 cool. I'm going to go get a drink and I'm going to watch silently on the side. I'm just going to keep my eye on you. And so mm -hmm. not once have you guys ever been welcoming to in like a person that has come up to you that might not fit your diverse group, right? <clears throat> and then you're seeing, you're not, yeah. you're looking with judgment. You're looking with judgment. Now what? Now, what really you're saying about your group is that you are completely exclusive and what you're doing is you are 
having members to make it look like you're something, which says a whole lot. Yeah. And I think that, that I see that all the time. And I'm sure that I've been guilty of being observed as being something. Um, but I, for the most part, like to go into a situation and just be open to it, right? And not having like a preconceived notion. If I'm having a bad day or something, I'm like, oh, I don't really want to be here today. But like, just go in and have a good time. You're there to go have a good time. You're not there to go attain members and acquire members for your group, right? I think for you, you've done a lot of work on yourself. So, and you're an above average, honest person. And I don't mean just like honest in the terms of like, you know, you don't tell a lie about like where you were or something. I mean, honest in the sense of like, you are forthcoming with how you feel in the moment. For the most part, I've got Right, yeah. like you, yeah. in your Bumble profile that, you know, linked us both together, you were super honest about like where you had previously failed and what you're <clears> trying <throat> to do to build a bigger friend, yeah, friend network. And I, and you have said like, people were very responsive to that. They were like, man, everyone else's profile is like, I like hiking and cheese and going to brunch (laughs) and you, and you, but you were, you were super honest and you were super forward with that. So I, I think that that's something like if everyone's going out for a good time, but they're not being honest, then they're using that good they're using the like facade of a good time to cover up a lot of hurt and a lot of things that they do not want to be honest about. They're like, I, I don't feel comfortable being honest. I don't want any of my friends to be honest either because that may bring up some feelings of shame. So let's all go out all this group of people that are different but have shame and let's all just get wasted right? <laughs> and be very exclusionary to anyone who doesn't want to abide by what we have here because any difference may cause us to feel shame and we do not want Absolutely. to feel shame. I think maybe on our next episode, what I think is we could talk about is trauma narratives because some people genuinely go through life with that narrative and that narrative is true. Like I like to have a good time around people, but then you find out if you like measure internally, if you're doing like an inside out, like analysis of them, then you're going to see that there's the, the internal completely conflicts with the external. Right. And so a lot of people Mm -hmm. don't know why they're so anxious. They don't know why they're always depressed in certain settings. And I think that comes with doing the work on yourself, going to therapy, reading, having conversations. Because for me, it was not until very recently that I learned about why I do certain things in relationships and go for certain people and why I'm apprehensive about certain things also. So it's taken me 39 years to get to this point and I still have work to do, but until people take that step and be like, you know what, why do I feel uncomfortable in this situation? I don't want to be here, but I'm, why do I tell myself I have to be here? Right. And until you have those conversations with someone that is open to hearing you like a friend or a therapist or whoever, you're never going to understand and feel comfortable being your authentic self. Cool. Yeah. 
So yeah, that concludes our, our discussion on diversity, inclusion, and shame. Yes. <laughs> so go talk to your therapist. If you don't have a therapist, then please contact one. Nick is a therapist, and he'd, he'd be more than happy uh, to assist yeah. you. Well, I... <laughs> Uh, Nick, Nick, where 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 can where can people find you? So, so they can find me soon back on Instagram at say no to kryptonite with the number two. Uh, TikTok, uh, same handle. Snapchat, same handle. I'm very apprehensive with that. I really have some anxiety going back onto social media. <laughs> yeah, I've enjoyed not being on it. Actually, I've enjoyed it. So that's where they yeah. can find me. Yeah, slide into his DMs, but he'll be less responsive. <laughs> Than he than he would have been a right, month right. or so ago. Um, cool. You can you can find me. My Instagram is open, but I don't really check it. But you can find me on Instagram, the Chase Ponty. You can also find me in your Ooh. dreams. I'll, I'll be there. Maybe you should change your handle to Mr. Sandman. <laughs> Mr. Sandman. Uh, no, that's creepy. That's like a weird <laughs> horror movie. All right. Have a great day, guys. Thanks for listening. See you soon. Bye.